All right, so uh, I'm just going to act like y'all are sitting right here with me while I enjoy my coffee this morning. I, uh, you know, when we worship, we're not worshiping for people, we're worshiping for the Lord. When I preach, I'm always wanting to speak what God wants to say through me, and I always have this mindset and attitude as if he's sitting right in the congregation with me, and so today will be no different. I want to start off this morning sharing a little bit of my story. There's a lot of you that have never heard me speak before. There's a lot of you that don't know my story and don't know where I've come from. There's a lot of you that are watching Rock City Church for the very first time, and thank you so much for tuning in. It really means the world to me. And if you wouldn't mind commenting, if you're watching by, for the very first time where you're from, where you're watching from, that would mean a lot to us. We'd like to know who we're touching and who we're impacting. And so, as I mentioned early, we're, earlier, we're all facing a storm together. All of us are in the same boat. Some are battling in different ways. Some are fighting in different ways. Some are dealing it with, the, with it in different ways. But what's most important to me is that you respond right now. Some of us have been through a lot of storms in our past, a lot of hardship. Those of you in the detention center, you got arrested, you got busted, and my prayer for you is that this will be your last time. For me, it took multiple times, but eventually I woke up and I got it. And so for those of you that are worried and afraid and uncertain, those of you that have no idea what your future looks like, after you make it through a lot of storms, you start to get a pretty good idea of just how good and faithful the Lord is and eventually you make changes in your life to respond rightly. And so that's my prayer for you, is that we would all respond the same way. As I speak to you, the coronavirus has infected over 318,000 people globally. There's about 14,000 people that have died, and the good news in all of that is we've got recoveries happening a lot. Over 96,000 people worldwide have recovered. In the United States, we're facing about 27,000 cases of the coronavirus with 349 people that have passed away. What I care the most in the midst of these statistics is that we understand that there's an enemy that hates you, that wants to kill you and wants to destroy you. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. His name's Satan. The devil doesn't like you. He wants to kill you and he wants to destroy you. And he'll use it. He'll do any way he can to drive us back and keep us down and kill us. But in the midst of that, God is bringing hope and life and promise. Even Jesus said that he came to give us life and to give it to us abundantly in John chapter 10, verse 10. And so personally, I've faced many storms in my life from death to health to finances to personal crisis. And I've learned many things through each storm. And I know that there will be le many lessons for us all to learn from this one. I've learned a lot through every difficult situation that I've been through in my life. And this time, my eyes are wide open for whatever the Lord wants to say, whatever the Lord wants to do, and whatever lessons that I need to learn personally. All of us are going to learn something from this. And all of us are going to look back at this time, and we're going to have a testimony from it, or we're going to look back and realize that we caved. And what I want for you is to build a story and a testimony of confidence no matter where you're at. And what I want you to do is learn from the mistakes and the lessons or learn from the hardships and the storms. One thing I know for sure and what I want for every single one of you that are watching is that there are decisions and choices that we can make that will enable us and our families to stand through this storm. I want you to come out of this storm without your house crashing. I want you to come out from this storm 
strong and firm and more secure than you've ever been before. Many, many, many years ago, I went through my first hurricane and the first most difficult time of my life. In 1992, I went right through the eye of Hurricane Andrew. Many of you that are watching went through the same hurricane at the same time. I was living in South Miami, and I wound up evacuating from my apartment in Cutler Ridge, and I went down to Florida City to stay with my mom. And it turns out that the eye of the storm hit both places. It was a 40-mile wide storm, and it wound up wiping out the apartment that I was living in and the home that I was evacuated to, my mom's home in Florida City. I was buried alive in the house. The house literally caved in on top of us. We had water up to our necks. And it was the time that I didn't know the Lord. I had been selling drugs and doing drugs and going to bars and clubs and concerts all over the country. And I was living for myself and I did not know Jesus. And when I went through the eye of Hurricane Andrew, literally the house caved in on top of us and I thought I was going to die. And something profound happens when you feel like you're going to die or something profound happens when you have no idea what your future looks like or it only looks like fear, death, and destruction. And so for me, I wanted to cry out for help, but I didn't know who to cry out to. I wanted to cry out to someone or something. And up until that point, I had been meditating on crystals and tarot cards, and I was heavy into the new age and drugs and parties, and I had no idea who the Lord was. And I'll never, ever forget how low I was in that moment. And I'll never forget that I thought, literally, that I was going to die. And when you have the, the fear of death facing you head on, you have to make some decisions and some changes in your life. But I didn't know how to, and we're going to talk about that today. I'm going to share a scripture with you that I read right after this hurricane. I actually had to go back to my apartment in Cutler Ridge because the house that obviously I was at in Florida City was completely destroyed. And when I got back to South Miami, the building had literally been pounded from the east to the, or actually pounded from the west to the east, and the entire side of the building was caved into the hallway. And so I had to stay in that apartment because there was nowhere to go. There were 300,000 people that were left homeless during Hurricane Harvey. There was no electricity. There was no running water. There was nothing. And so for about a month, I had to eat army rations. There was a curfew every night. I had to get food from the Red Cross shelter. People were delivering things to my doorstep, warm water. I would have to go down to the stinky lake and get a bucket of water and bring it up to flush my toilet. And every night, it'd be 85, 90 degrees with huge mosquitoes and no windows blasted out in this apartment building. But there was nowhere to go, and so that's where I chose to stay. And I remember that I went out onto my balcony, and I was so broken. I was so at my end, and I needed comfort in my life. And so, of course, I rolled up a big fat joint, and I got high as a kite. And I sat out sweating on my balcony, overlooking total death and destruction, trying to find comfort in my life. And that joint and getting high had an opposite effect of what it normally had had in my past. In fact, I was more miserable than I was before because now I was high and I'm looking around and I'm thinking to myself, this is like hell on earth. Who wants to be high in hell? I didn't and I was miserable. 
So I decided that I was going to go meditate on my crystals. So I went and I got one of my big crystals and I sat out on my balcony and I put my hands on the crystal and I started to close my eyes and meditate. Om, om. And I was trying to find comfort in a rock, in a crystal. And it did nothing for me. I might as well have been meditating on this coffee cup. Literally, it was a miserable experience that brought me no comfort in my life. Now, I'm telling you this story because this is the time that I gave my life to Jesus. I'm literally telling you my testimony right now because I believe so many of you need to know how I responded in the midst of my first storm. Now, since that time, I've faced many, many storms. And I've got a lot of answers of how to stand firm in the midst of crisis like the one we're facing right now. No matter what you're going through, there is an answer. But this is where it began for me. So here I am sitting on my balcony, four-story uh, balcony in my apartment complex that was destroyed. I had nowhere to go. I'm, I have no electricity. I'm sweating. Mosquitoes, it was miserable. Pot didn't bring comfort. My crystals didn't bring comfort to me. And I didn't know what to do. And I thought to myself, we'll see what my Bible has to say. When I was 13 years old, I was given a Bible when I went to a Baptist church camp. Now, of course, I only went to the church camp for one reason, and that was the girls. Uh, and after that time, I didn't have any follow-up in my life. Somebody had given me a Bible. Yes, I answered an altar call, but no one mentored or discipled or spoke into my life after that time. And so I had this thought, I wonder what the Bible would have to say. I took it with me to all of the concerts and the parties that I went to. And I always thought that there was something about it, but I never knew it, and I never knew what it said before because I never really read it. And so what happened was, as I walked back to my room, I saw my Bible covered with dust on the shelf. I picked it up, dusted it off, and I just flipped it open to see what it would say. And this scripture that I'm going to read to you is so relevant today. Not only was it relevant to me 27 and a half years ago, but it's as relevant today as all of us walk through this storm. No matter who you are or what you're facing, all of us have to take into account what's happening to our lives and our homes and how we will come out of this after the storm passes, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. So let's turn to the word. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27. When I opened up my Bible, I knew this was Jesus talking because the letters were in red. That's the only way that I knew. I somehow knew that when Jesus spoke in the Bible, the letters would be red. And so I knew Jesus was talking. I flipped open the book. I'm at my rock bottom, just like so many of you may be right now. I opened up my Bible, and I turned to this passage, and I read. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it didn't fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell and great was its fall. The first thing I want you to know is that everyone has been building something in their life. 
all of us have been building something in our lives. And when the storm comes, the storm actually clearly identifies the foundation of our home and whether or not our house will stand or not. Storms reveal how you built your house and what you built the foundation on. Whether it's getting busted, whether it's facing a virus, sickness, health issues, financial crisis, whatever it is, in the midst of the storm, the storm will actually identify how you've been building and what the foundation that you've been building on is. Let me ask you all a question. If you build a house on a cracked foundation, what happens over time? What happens over time? Even if it's the smallest, slightest crack that you can barely see, that foundation may last for a while. But the weight of the house over the course of time, heat, cold, drought, floods, wind, rain, over the course of time, the weight of the house on the foundation coupled with the weather patterns and coupled with the things that come against that house over time, what happens? That foundation will crack completely and that house will sink and that house will fall. And many of you have been building your house on a wrong foundation. And I'm telling you this, 27 and a half years later, when I learned this scripture, and I've weathered now many, 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 many storms, and my house has stood firm. Biblically, everyone is either defined as a wise builder or a foolish builder. Now, God's merciful to us and repeatedly gives us chances to build right, but you could save yourself a lot of heartache and a lot of difficulty by keeping your house on the rock full-time, all the time, and building right now. There are many mistakes that I've made. There's lots of failures I've made over the course of time. But because I chose to build my house on the rock, when the wind and the rain and the floods came, I stood firm and I passed the test, and now my house is stronger because of it. There's a lot of difficulty that happens in our life when we don't build right. It hurts when our house caves. It hurts when our home crashes. And I don't want your home and your house to crash during this storm. I don't want you to go through the difficulty of pain and fear and worry and doubt. And so I want you to notice that the wind and the rain and the floods beat on both houses, but only one house stands the test of time and adversity. Both houses are built. One's built on sand, one's built on the rock. Both houses face the same storm. So I'm facing the same storm together with you. Christians all over the world are facing the same storm together as I am and as you are. But only certain people's houses are going to stand through this storm. And we're going to make it through this storm. And I can assure you another storm will come. Whether it's personal crisis or hardship or national and global crisis and hardship. The wind and the rain and the floods beat on both houses. This passage of scripture, this parable that Jesus is talking about, he's talking about spiritual houses. He's talking about your heart. He's talking about your life. He's talking about your family. When Hurricane Harvey hit, it wiped out my coffee shop in Port Aransas. And you could say, well, you're, you obviously weren't building on the rock because the wind and the rain and the floods came and your coffee shop came down with the mighty crash. That's not true because I actually came back stronger than before with family and community and so many people that stepped up to give of their time and their resources, we built that shop better than it was before because I'm resilient. 
And Jesus isn't talking about your physical house. He's using it as an analogy for you to understand what it looks like to weather storms and to stand firm past it. But what he's really talking about is your heart. He's really talking about your life. And so the question today is, what foundation are you truly built on? If you're in jail and prison, your foundation has not been in the right place. Now you can respond right. For those of you that don't know, I wound up getting busted for drugs, going to a Grateful Dead concert, and spent time in prison. It was one of the best years of my life. I learned to tutor illiterates. I learned to read the Bible. And I made a choice when my house had crashed to fully surrender and give everything to the Lord. The answer lies in two things on how you built your house. Your response to the storms in your life now, your current life state, the condition of your heart, as well as your relationship with God and others. There are a lot of people during this time that are caving and crashing, even Christians that love Jesus are walking in fear and panic and doubt and disbelief about their future. People have lost their jobs. It looks like their finances are going to completely dry up. And they're finding themselves hopeless, yet at the same time, they confess to be believers in Jesus Christ. And my answer and response to that is, as sons and daughters, we need to trust the Lord and believe he's who he says he is. He's a good father, and I know that in the midst of every storm, he'll take care of you. I promise you. Now, we might have to make adjustments, and we definitely need to take an account for how we're building and what we're building. Are you leaning on other believers? Are you trusting God to provide for you? Are you walking in peace and rest even though the wind and the rain and the floods are beating against your house? You can do it. And I've learned to do that because I've been through so many storms and come out of them on the other side. The next thing is, your house is, is your house standing or is it crashing right now? If you feel like your house is crashing, then now's the time to make an adjustment and to start building on the rock. And I'm going to talk to you about how you do that in just a moment. But if you feel like your house is crashing, Jesus has an answer for you in the midst of it. And he says, build your life upon me. Listen to my word. Do what I'm telling you to do because I'm the master builder and I'm going to instruct you how to build right. Do it my way and your house will stand. The next thing is your preparation for storms that may come in the future. For example, right now, we're facing a global pandemic. People are sick. People are dying. There's an uncertainty. We're being uh, confined to our homes. We're having to cancel church services the way we knew it. So many things are having to change from the way that we did things before. But I've been through enough storms to know this is actually a preparation time for what's coming in the future. So I'm not losing hope. I'm actually building stronger now in the midst of the storm. And I've been building for a long time to withstand storms, as so many of you have. But this is also a time not to retreat, let your hearts fail, or back down, but rather a time for you to say, I'm going to build stronger than I've ever built before. Jesus, I so desperately need you in my life. How I have been building and what changes do I need to make are the things I'm thinking about. You've got to make adjustments for the future. Now, those adjustments doesn't mean these crazy, drastic changes with your home and your finances in the midst of a financial crisis. What it does mean is that you shift your heart 
to hear God's voice, to get into his word, to surrender all to him and trust him in complete lordship. And when you trust God in complete lordship, what happens? God gives you comfort, hope, and strength so that no matter what happens in your life, your heart's not gonna fail. When I walked into my bedroom and I flipped open the Bible and I read this passage of scripture, I thought it was so strange. I literally had just gone through a hurricane and my house had crumbled. I'm living in a condemned apartment building. The house in, in Florida City had caved in on top of me. I literally lived this passage of scripture. And I literally realized that I had no foundation. I couldn't cry out to the Lord because I didn't know him. I didn't know that he would rescue me. But eventually, after the drugs didn't comfort me, after the crystals didn't comfort me, and whatever it is that you're gonna run to to try to find comfort in this time, none of it's gonna bring comfort to your life. It's all temporary and it all fades away. And when I read this passage of scripture, I fell down on my bed and I literally started to weep and cry. And I cried out to the Lord and I said the most powerful prayer that I could ever pray. And it was help. Lord, I desperately need help from you. Help me, Jesus. If you're there, if you're real, I'm asking you to step in and bring comfort into my life. And that's what I want you all to pray during this difficult time. Each component of the wind, the rain, and the floods has the opportunity to completely wipe you out. Wind will knock you down and out, while the rain and floods bring cold misery that endures and erodes from all sides. And in turn, we find ourselves being completely washed away and anything that we built washes away with it. And that's what happened to my life. And so the wise man does three things. He hears, he does, and he builds. Three things. He hears, he does, and he builds. To hear is the ability to understand what God is saying. It's the ability to have direction and guidance. It's becoming a learner and a student of God's word. And it's giving ear to the teacher and to the master. That's why Jesus so many times would say, let him who has ears to hear, hear. All of us have ears to hear. All of us have ears, but not all of us are hearing. So the first thing is he hears the word and he does it. To do what God tells us to do is this understanding. He's the master builder. He's the general contractor. He knows how to build your life better than you do and better than I do. So he gives us guidance and instruction and blueprints. And he says, build according to this pattern. And if you build according to God's pattern, your house stands no matter what you face, no matter what the storms are. So not only do we have to hear it, but we have to build his way. It means to carry out and execute the direction and the guidance and the plans that God gives us. And then next, it's to build. To build means that I am choosing to allow God's design, God's patterns, God's instruction, God's guidance, God's comfort, God's direction into my life, and I'm gonna grow and build his way. This is what the wise man does. The wise man is prudent, he's mindful, of the situations and the circumstances around him. Literally, the word wise man in this passage of scripture means the intelligent man or the intellectual man. The intellectual man that's fully submitted to the headship and lordship of Christ to do it his way, not your way. And so in turn, 
the wind and the rain and the floods don't prevail because we built our word, or we built our life on the rock according to his word. He says, if anybody hears these sayings of mine and does them, he's like a wise man that built upon the rock. And the house stands firm because it's founded on the rock. And I want to talk with you guys this morning about what it means to be founded on the rock. There's a difference between being built and founded. I'm only as strong as my foundation. I'm only as strong as my foundation. To be founded literally is the root of foundation. It means to be stable, established, and found on a firm foundation. The beginning, the first principles, or the system of belief and truth that God has for your life. And so today, I want your life to be founded upon the rock. But the foolish man, he hears the word and chooses not to do what Jesus teaches. And so when the difficulties of life blow and beat on his house, the fall is great. Don't be a foolish man. The actual Greek word for the word foolish is the word moros, and it means to be a moron. Now, you guys might get offended if I called you a moron, but literally Jesus said, you are a foolish man if you don't do and build the way I teach and upon what I say. It means that literally the things that we're doing are pointless, we become a blockhead, they're absurd, and there's no godly direction in our life. And some of you, and I'll say it in a very loving, nice way with a smile, have been blockheads. Some of you have been hard-headed for such a long time. And you found yourself now with a, with a foundation that's sinking, and you've rejected what God has for you, you've literally been a foolish man. Now, I love you, but I have to tell you the truth. And the truth is, is if you don't build God's way, your house will crumble. It's inevitable. We don't break God's laws, they break us. God has set his standards in place, and when we live contrary to those, ultimately sin and destruction and wind and rain and floods will cause us to crumble and beat our house down. So don't be a fool. Give your life to Jesus. I'm telling you, it's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. It's the best decision I could have ever made 27 and a half years ago, almost 28 years ago, when I surrendered all and I cried out to God for help and I turned away from my old life and I let Jesus build my life the way he wanted to build it. After that time, I went through another hurricane, almost 26 years to the day. We lost a child at 32 weeks. I've been through a marriage and a divorce before. I've made so many failures and mistakes. I've been in and out of the hospital with pneumonias in my past. I have been through lots of financial hardship and crisis. But when I made the decision to build my house on the rock, even when I made mistakes, the foundation was always firm and God never let me down or failed me. And he'll never, ever let you down or fail you. Let me read this passage of scripture to you where Jesus said it again at a different part of the Bible in Luke chapter 6, verse 46 to 49, the Sermon on the Plain. Listen to what Jesus says. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you who he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, 
the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So the foolish man hears these types of messages and all the great preaching that's gone out, all the great words that my, my dear friend Oscar Hernandez has brought into the detention center, all the times that I've preached, all the people that have spoken and tried to lead you to the Lord and does nothing with it. You know, when I was going to all my Great for Dead, Grateful Dead concerts back in the day and traveling around the country, I would literally have people find me and come and try to preach the gospel to me. And I would ignore them. I considered myself a spiritual person. I believed in Jesus, but I also believed that all roads led to God and that whatever worked for you worked for you. That's called the theory of relativism. Whatever's relative for you works for you. And who am I to tell you that that's not true? But that's everything opposite of what Jesus did. He made it very clear that he's the way, the truth, and the life. That no one can make it to heaven or come to the Father without going through him. There's no other way but Jesus. All roads do not lead to God. And I'm sorry to burst some of your bubbles, but I'm telling you that I had tried all these different avenues to find spirituality and peace, and none of them satisfied or brought lasting peace the way that Jesus did for my life. And so you can't just be hearers and not doers and do nothing with it because eventually your house is going to cave and your house is going to fall. The wind and the waves and the storms and the floods and the rivers of life are going to beat vehemently against every single one of our houses. We're in this world, though as believers, we're not of it. But we still all face the same storms together. The question is, how do we face them? And then at the same time, there are certain storms that many of you continue to literally manufacture in your life. You keep running back to your old lifestyle, doing drugs, selling drugs, alcoholism, workaholism, being a workaholic, whatever it is that you have been doing without being spirit-led and honoring and doing what the Lord has called you to do. And then in turn, it's storm, 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 storm. And at some point, you've got to stop the cycle of insanity. It's like beating your head against the wall over and over and over again. At some point, you realize this hurts, and I don't want to keep doing it. And so in this message, Jesus made it clear that we can't call him Lord and not do what he tells us to do. He says in verse 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? And I see this happen all the time. You got a lot of people laying claim to Jesus, and I'm a Christian, and I'm a believer, or I go to church. And yet, at the same time, they're not doing what Jesus told them to do. And the result of that is all this destruction, all this heartache, all these mistakes, all these failures, a cycle and a repetitive pattern of craziness constantly happening in your life. I've said this before, and I want to say it to so many of you, is that I don't know anybody that builds according to the pattern that Jesus calls us to build, that hears his voice, digs deep continuously, does what he says to do, that's founded upon the rock, and says, my life is so miserable, I'm so depressed. Because if you're hearing God's voice and building according to his pattern, depression should not exist in your life. And I get it. Some of you are saying, well, it does, and that's not true. Eh, that's not the case for me. 
Do I have to battle against it? Yes, I do. Does it knock on my door? You better believe it does. But more often than not, depression, fear, worry, doubt comes when I stop building according to his pattern, when I stop listening to his word, when I stop sitting at his feet, when I stop being honorable and integrous. And I want you guys to get out of that cycle of dysfunction so that you can walk in peace and health and strength and confidence in your life. Jesus says, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, he becomes like a man who built his house deep on the rock and dug deep on the rock. He's a wise man that digs deep. You know, I hate actually digging, believe it or not. I don't enjoy digging. Uh, if some of you enjoy digging, God bless you. But I really do not enjoy digging, especially in hard, dry dirt. But Jesus made it clear that a wise man spiritually digs deep, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's hard. Because ultimately, we want to find the rock and we want to build our life upon the rock. Obedience is key. And if we come to him, then we must be obedient to his word for our lives. It's his word and himself that becomes our firm foundation. We build by faith, and faith is the evidence and substance in our life. Faith is an evidence and a substance, meaning that it's a firm foundation. It's as confident as this coffee mug. It's confident as this iPad. As confident as this table or the chair that you're sitting on or the couch that you're sitting on. Faith is a confidence and a knowing. And so when you have confident faith, it becomes a firm foundation in your life that's unshakable. So the wise man keeps digging lest he forgets and never stops because God always has more of himself to give to us. You never stop digging. God always has more of himself to give to us. Remember that the wind, the rain, and the floods beat vehemently on both houses, but only one house stands. To have your house beat vehemently upon means that something is violently trying to destroy you. Think of a hurricane or a tornado or an earthquake or a massive flood. It wants to break you. It wants to tear you to pieces and distort your life. That's what the storm wants to do. That's what coronavirus wants to do. That's what a financial crisis would want to do. But Jesus made a promise that when your life is built upon the rock, when the storms of life vehemently beat against it, your house will stand firm. Digging deep requires hard work, time, and discipline. It requires us to hear his word and to be obedient to do what Jesus teaches. God wants us to be intellectually sound, meaning that my mind and my intellect is submitted fully to his lordship. He wants you to build his way, not your way. No one wants to be a fool or an idiot or a moron. Yet literally this is what we become when we reject him and his word. This is due to us building on unstable ground that has no substructure. Only being founded upon the rock can we withstand the storms of life that come against everyone, no matter how much they beat vehemently to destroy us. And finally, I want to leave you with this last scripture, which is so relevant to all of our lives, especially during this time. Psalm 127, verse 1 and 2. Psalm 127, verse 1 and 2. Unless the Lord builds the house... They labor in vain. Who built it? Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. 
It's vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, and to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep. What we actually see by digging deep and being a wise builder or listening to his instruction is that God actually builds our house for us. So now the pressure is off you because it says, the scripture says, unless the Lord builds the house, we're laboring in vain. And in turn, vain labor means sleepless nights, getting up early, going to bed late, and eating our bread with sorrow. This is a classic picture of doing it your own way. The Lord wants to build your house. The Lord wants to guard our city. Every day I'm praying for my city, and you should be as well. I'm praying that this pandemic would stop. I'm praying for our medical and healthcare professionals and the hospitals and the doctors. I'm praying for the pastors, and I'm praying that the body of Christ would rise up and become everything it's supposed to be during this time. And what we're supposed to be is a strong house built upon the rock by the Lord. So what happens is when I heed God's instruction and when my life is fully submitted to him in every way, literally the Lord steps in and builds my house. So now I don't have to stress or worry or be afraid about what's going to come tomorrow. I don't have to eat my bread or our food with sorrow. What does that mean? It means I'm stressed out, I'm wore out, I'm tired, I'm afraid to eat bread with sorrow literally means that I have been consumed with fear, worry, and I become a workaholic trying to provide for myself, overwork, or wonder where my bread's going to come from. Look at the scripture. Let's go back to Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, you're laboring in vain. If the Lord's not watching and guarding our city, we're staying awake in vain. And then he directly ties it to, I'm stressed out, worried, I'm trying to watch my own back instead of letting the Lord do what the Lord does best. And so 27 and a half years ago, I found myself living in the world, selling drugs, sleeping around, chasing after the things of this world to find comfort, peace, love, and happiness. And when my first hurricane hit, I was in destitute, I was facing prison, and I was at my rock bottom. And it was then that I cried out to the Lord for help. And from that moment forward, my life began to be built on the rock. God supernaturally stepped into my life and began to change me from the inside out. And here I am, 27 and a half years later, fired up for the Lord. I own great businesses. I've got a great family. We've got a great church. And I'm in a city that I love so much. I'm full of hope and I'm full of life. And even in the midst of uh, sales being down or employees being laid off or some of you losing your jobs and a recession and a global crisis, my house is built on the rock. And I'm going to come out of this stronger and so will millions of believers all over the world. Don't call him Lord, Lord and not do what he says. Do what Jesus tells you to do. And if you don't know what that looks like, start, start reading your Bible, start getting discipled, start getting mentored, find a good local church, follow us online. You can go back and listen to all kinds of messages on our YouTube channel that I've preached for many, many, many years. This is a time and hour where so many great ministries and leaders are rising up to speak into your homes and to speak during this time. And the reason why I chose to tell you guys this word today and share some of my story is because 
For some of you, this is your first great storm. For some of us, we've been through a lot of storms and we keep crashing over and over and over again. For some of you, you feel like you're crashing now. But Jesus made a promise to the wise man and the wise man's promise is that your house is gonna stand firm even in the midst of the wind and the rain and the floods beating against your house. You're gonna make it. So that's the first thing is have hope. I know I'm gonna come out stronger because I've been through, it doesn't matter what happens, I know I'm gonna come out stronger because Jesus is in my life and I'm rooted on the rock. But right now, for those of you that are in the detention center, for those of you that are hurting, afraid, depressed, anxious, worried, those of you that are finding yourself hopeless or at rock bottom and your foundation has cracked and caved, now's the time for you to give your life to Jesus. So I wanna lead us all through a prayer time. And I wanna ask you to surrender all to him. Even if you've been a Christian and have called him Lord, Lord, but you haven't been honorable and integrous to do what he says to do. You know, many times in my life, I've deviated from the blueprints. And each time it's caused me struggles and fears and worries and challenges and heartache, but I always run back to him. And he always keeps me safe and rooted upon the rock. And so right now, I wanna ask all of you to pray with me. And I wanna ask you to surrender all to Jesus. There's no better time to give your life to Jesus than right now. There's no better time. And so will you guys pray with me? Just say this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I put my hope and my trust in you. I ask for help right now. Lord, with all the uncertainty and all the mistakes and failures and all the struggles and challenges and with everything that's happening in the world around me, Lord, I'm looking to you for help and hope and answers. Help me, Jesus. I'm sorry for building my life on the sand. I'm sorry that I built my life on a cracked foundation. And I'm sorry, Lord, for going my own way and doing my own thing. Have mercy upon me, Jesus. Come on, say it out loud. Have mercy upon me, Jesus. Who cares what other people think around you? Have mercy on me, Jesus. I want to know you for who you really are. And I ask for help right now. And I pray, Lord, that my house would stand firm and that my life would not cave any longer. Forgive me, Jesus. Lord, I look to you and I look to your life on the cross that was given for me. And I thank you, God, for changing me. I thank you for giving your life for me. And I thank you, Lord, that I don't have to go it alone. I don't have to build by myself and I don't have to continue to stay in a cycle of brokenness and hurt and pain. Heal me, Lord. Save me, Jesus. Rescue me. Cover me. Protect me. And make me to be everything you want me to be. I want to be a wise man or a wise woman. I want to build your way, not my way. I'm sorry, Lord, if I've done nothing with what you've said. And from this day forward, I want to do everything with what you say. And I will dig deep into your word, into relationships with other Christians. I will dig deep with my church family, 
and I'll dig deep with you, Holy Spirit. Lead me, guide me, comfort me, strengthen me, help me, and heal me in the midst of this time. And I give everything to you, Lord. My relationships, my family, my jobs, my finances, I put it all in your hands. And I declare you the Lord of my life. I trust you and I have faith in you that you will comfort me, help me, lead me, and make me stronger through all of this. And now, Jesus, I pray for everybody that has been watching this live feed as, Lord, we go about the rest of our day and go into this next week of uncertainty for all of us. I thank you, Lord, that we can be certain in who you are and what you do. And I pray for life into everyone's home. I even pray for life for those of you in jail cells or in the detention center and that you would use this time to grow closer to the Lord and not be afraid and not stay in your old ways, especially if you've asked Jesus into your life. And God, I thank you so much for doing what you do best, comforting, helping, leading, and guiding us and rescuing us out of the storm. I love you, Lord. And I pray together with the believers all over the world that COVID-19 would stop. Put an end to it, Lord. Stop the sicknesses and stop the disease as it seems to have been spreading, Lord. I ask for a supernatural intervention and that your presence and your power and your love would rise up and drive it back. Put an end to it, Jesus. That's what we pray for and that's what we agree for. And we speak right to this pandemic and we command it in Jesus' name to stop. And I thank you, Lord God, for your healing power for those that have gotten sick, and I just speak healing over you. Anybody that's watching that's not feeling good right now, Lord, I ask that you would touch them, heal them, strengthen them, and comfort them. And I command that sickness to get out of your life in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that you are our healer. And that by your stripes, we are healed. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your blood. And we thank you, God, for a new day for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen.